What's going on, everyone? Welcome into the PFN Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Kyle Yates, and I'm your host. I can be found on Twitter at KyleYNFL. I am joined today. Actually, let me just say this right off the top. This is going to be the most confusing podcasting trio in the history of fantasy football as I am joined not only by another Kyle, but another Yates here on the podcast as well. That is Kyle Soppy, our fantasy football analyst here at Pro Football Network. He can be found on Twitter at Kyle Soppy PFN. That is Field Yates of ESPN. He can be found on Twitter at Field Yates. Gentlemen, I will throw this to you. How are we going to organize this podcast? Who's going to be referred to as what? You're the problem child here. I'm Kyle. He's Field. I've got Kyle Soppy as Kyle, and I've got Kyle Yates as Cousin Yates. That's what we've decided upon. How's that? Does that work out okay? So so then can I should I be Yates and then you'll be Field and then he'll be Kyle? Sure, yeah, that works. All right, sure. we that good works. with that? Yeah. We good with that? Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. gentlemen, I am yeah. so excited to do a podcast with the two of you here as we dive into wide receiver rankings here, taking a look at Kyle Soppy's top 30 wide receiver rankings here going into fantasy draft season. Before we do, we've got a question of the day here for you, Field. Obviously, you spent a lot of time working with Kyle Soppy over at ESPN. Field, what is one Kyle Soppy story that the people need to hear? Yeah, you know, first of all, such an honor to be on with both of you guys. And Kyle and I have an extremely close relationship. Right. We live less than a mile from each other. And uh, Kyle Soppy I live, and I live less than a mile from each other. And I couldn't think more highly of somebody than I do, uh, Kyle Soppy. Uh, he is, and I say this, and I, it sounds like hyperbole, because uh, when you throw uh, the EST onto any adjective, I suppose by nature is often hyperbolic. But the hardest working person that I know and the most gracious teammate that you'll ever find um, I could have asked Kyle to do anything, and Kyle would have said yes within a moment's notice. When we had our first child, Kyle and his wife Marisa took our dog Cisco and had him in their house for like three days to the that point that fun. Cisco, I think, <laughs> wanted to move because um, there are still times where he seems like he's less happy with us than he was during those three days right there. But uh, you name a task, bigger smile, bigger small, and Kyle Soppy was there uh, right away. It's uh, one of those bittersweet moments when. I heard that Kyle was leaving because uh, I have no doubt that uh, big things uh, have already been on the horizon and will continue to be for Kyle at PFN. Um, but, you know, it's somebody that you consider a great friend that, uh, you know, you lose uh, the opportunity to be in the same room as them every single day, at least during the football season. So uh, I envy the fact that you two Kyles get the chance to chat on a daily basis, but I do still bother Kyle Safi on occasion with football or other thoughts. Hey, I don't want that to stop either. If Cisco needs a babysitter, you know where to bring him. <laughs> He's uh, he's you know only... what? My wife and I, I think are done on kids for a while, at least right That's now. Two under 18 months is probably good for a little while, at least. Yeah, I think that uh, the amount of coffee that you consume, Field, ha uh, you and your wife has to just be off the charts with 218. I can't even imagine. Uh, I've got a five-year-old and a two-year-old, and I consume a ridiculous amount of coffee. So got to be even more We're for you. We're keeping Starbucks in business. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, all right, well, gentlemen, let's get into some wide receiver rankings discussion. Before we do, though, I want to remind the people about the PFN Fantasy Instagram. Over on Instagram, we're putting up content every single day that you guys are wanna go, want to go check out. So if you're over on Instagram, PFN Fantasy, make sure to give us a follow over there and interact with our content it's going to help you set yourself up for success this fantasy football season additionally if you are watching over on youtube which you can do pfn fantasy make sure to hit that like button subscribe to the channel and click the bell to get notified for when our new content drops five days a week coming at you here throughout the rest of the nfl season all right wide receiver rankings we got a lot that we have to get through and not a ton of time to do it so let's get right into this the way that we're going to do this is we're going to walk through kyle soppy's top 30 wide receiver rankings we're going to go five wide receivers at a time and then field i'm going to throw that to you and kind of say who is a player that you either disagree with if you want to yell at kyle soppy about his wide receiver rankings you want to tell him that he's an idiot 
you are certainly welcome to do so. So let's get into it here. At 30, you got Christian Kirk of the Jacksonville Jaguars, 29, Christian Watson, the Green Bay Packers, 28, Brandon Ayuk. I might yell at you just for that one. DeAndre Hopkins at 27, 26, Chris Godwin. Field out of that group, who is the wide receiver that stands out to you? I think probably the answer is DeAndre Hopkins because I would say that industry consensus seems to be a little bit more optimistic on Hop. I'm going to guess that Kyle's reasoning is tied to the possibility of DeAndre being a declining player in a run-heavy offense. So 27 is like eight spots lower than where I have DeAndre in my personal rankings. Sapi, what is the reason behind him being all the way down at wide receiver 27? Yeah, it's not too much on him as it is that offense. I mean, there's some decline to expect. No Titan had more than five end zone targets last year. There were 85 players that had at least five. And I I understand the offense is going to look a little different as you bring in Nuke Hopkins. It it should. But among the top 25 receivers last season, they averaged eight and a half targets on 35 routes. Do you think he hits either one of those numbers? I understand that he's a special talent. And I heard you saying on the podcast, your podcast the other day, that you'd rather be a year late than year early. So I think there's some of that, but I, I just don't see the volume upside to vault him into the top 20 or for me, top 25. Interestingly enough, I'm not so sure that DeAndre is one of those guys that I will be a year too late on, okay. right? Like he's not the echelon for me is like, you know, the Travis Kelsey's of the world, Derek Henry's of the world that have just been like so otherworldly dominant uh, in, in, in a time period or at a certain like, a juncture of their career where you wouldn't necessarily count on it. Sure. Um, D hop probably is like a little bit below that, uh, that criteria line for me. Uh, but yeah, I just, my, my hope more than anything else is that, is there really a way that the Titans can just bungle every wide receiver decision that they make? Like, is that really got possible? A pretty good like, track they, record really, <laughs> they do. Yeah. Can you like trade AJ Brown and trade for Julio Jones? and trade for Robert Woods, and now sign DeAndre Hopkins and go 0 for 4, is that possible? Like, at some point, luck has to catch up on their side, right, Yates? I think so, and I think you you mentioned the the statistics last year of the end zone targets and stuff like that. I don't know if I want to take a ton away from the Tennessee Titans offense from last year when literally, like, sure. Nick Westbrook-Akine was their leading wide receiver at one point. You had Malik yeah. Willis in the starting lineup as well. Like, there isn't... I just went through and did my Tennessee projections. Like, there wasn't a ton to look back on last year and say I can confidently project that moving forward. So I think, too, you said that gap for field like that gap is eight wide receiver, eight wide receiver spots or something like that. I think ADP kind of settles right in between the two of you. So it's probably a situation, Soppy, where you're probably not going to have a ton of shares of DeAndre Hopkins. And for an offense that has been historically run heavy, you got to get the efficiency. You got to get the touchdown totals. You got to lean into Ryan Tannehill being healthy as well. So that's something to take into account as well. You know what I would say, though? Just I think I probably should have mentioned this, and we talked about this on our show when we were doing our wide receiver tiers, guys, is that, like, here's the truth. I looked through Kyle's top 30. There wasn't a single player that had me enraged. Like, here's the reality. Because you're a nice guy. There are so many <laughs> good receivers. No, but even if I were a, a, a jerk, I was going to say a different word, but I'm not sure if I'm allowed to swear on this podcast. Not that I'm much of a swear. Um, there's not that many. Like, there are so many stud receivers in the NFL right now. Like when, when at some point Kyle Y is going to ask me about uh, the next tier or the next little block of wide receivers. And I'm going to say a player that again, Kyle Soppy is more optimistic on than I am. And yet I'm also going to compliment the heck out of that player. Like 30th on Kyle Soppy's board is Christian Kirk. He was incredible last year. Downright ridiculous. 
he is a very, 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 very capable football player. I think the reality is that in our position, we are forced to judge mm-hmm. and rank each player one by one by one by one. Whereas the, the gap between 30 and 20 is way different yep. than the gap between 30 and 20 amongst running backs or 10 and 20 amongst quarterbacks. So I think that's an important point to hammer home is that not all rankings gaps are created equally. Yeah, Sabi, let's let's talk about that super quick as far as like wide receiver tiers and how exactly you view the ranking for you and the wide receivers between 16 and 30. Like, what is that? Do you view that as one massive tier? Because within tiers and for people who are unfamiliar with what that terminology means, it's just essentially that you can move the order of those players within that tier, whether it's 30 to 16, and it's not going to matter much. It's not going to make much of a difference. So as you look at this grouping of wide receivers, Sabi, how does that kind of shake out for you? Yeah, from 15 to 30, I've got three tiers. So it's mixed up pretty well in there. You're talking six, seven, eight guys per tier. And I think what Field said is was well said. I mean, you can shuffle up and deal these guys however you want. The fact that I'm a little lower on Hopkins than ADP just means I'm not going to get them very often, which I'm fine with. There's other guys within this tier for me that I can get that I'm higher on. Like I, I'm going to be higher on Godwin maybe than some people or, you know, go up and down the list. But yeah, tiering, you guys talked, about on your podcast field tiering is the way to go having a number next to these people i get it it's part of our job and it's you know at the end of the day what people consume but yeah having your guys in tiers in buckets and these next five that we're about to go through are all, all in a single tier for me all right let's move into that group of the next five here so you got at 25 mike williams of the los angeles chargers 24 tyler lockett of the seahawks 23 jerry judy of the denver broncos dj moore of the chicago bears and then drake london of the atlanta falcons field who in that group of five stands out to you that's the one, Drake London at the very end. And guys, like I am doing this balancing act, trying to decide yeah, just how so much faith I want to place in this Atlanta Falcons offense. On the one hand, if you told me that my nucleus of running back wide receiver tight end was B. John Robinson, no kidding. Drake London, and Kyle Pitts, and I'm not just saying this because his name is Kyle, that's one of the best trios in the entire league. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable, right? Like in a different offense, we might be calling them the best trio of running back, wide receiver, tight end, and all football. But it's a quarterback situation that feels to me like it's a bit uncertain. So Desmond Ritter had a handful of starts last season. He was fine. Nothing special. Not god-awful. But think about this. If the Falcons were absolutely, unequivocally, totally certain that he was going to be not just the guy, but a guy, like a dude you can build your offense around, would they have gone out and spent, like, real money on Taylor Heineke? Like, Taylor Heineke, I think the contract is, like, a maximum of $20 million over two seasons. Like, again, and, and that's not $52.5 million like Justin Herbert's not making. But there are some quarterback question marks here. I like Taylor. I like uh, Desmond Ritter. I think he's got a chance to be a good player. But I just don't know how much space we can put into an offense right now. Like, that just – it feels like you've got to, like, sacrifice a little bit on your rankings at each of these players knowing that – Last year, in a year in which it should have been feasible for them to have great years concurrently, they couldn't get that out of both Kyle Pitts and Drake London. It's a tough offense for me to gather and fully figure out. As I went through and did projections for Atlanta, uh, Sapi, I got through Drake London's. It was like, ah, uh, it's a little terrifying to mm-hmm. take a look at that objectively. Oh, yeah. But you do yeah. have to take a certain leap of faith here with Drake London. So what about London this season makes you confident breaking him at 21st overall or in your wide receiver rankings? You've got a little bit of a talent play in London. Like, I think we can all agree that he's a good player. They did 
up the tempo a little bit when Ritter was in there last year. And like Field said, you've got Bijan, you've got Pitts, you've got London. This offense has to do better than they did last year, right? Like he's got to be in God, the I hope. I, it can't be worse, but I'm hoping they take a step forward. Four touchdowns last year. I think that number grows in a significant way. We know the target share is going to be there. This is a funnel offense between Pitts and London. Bijan opened things up, make teams respect that run game that, you know, they, they run the ball 55% of the time or whatever it was. So I think Drake's, I think his targets are safe. And I think the quality of target and the position this offense is in takes a step forward in 2023. And so maybe I'm a little optimistic, but I have him in this tier where if you're, if you're not thinking they take that step forward, then go with Mike Williams, go with Mike Williams in an offense that we know we can trust. It's safer. I get that Williams has, comes with his risk. I put London in this tier based on talent and potential for growth. All right, let's move into this next tier here, 20 through 16. And uh, gentlemen, I don't know if I really want any of these players on my roster this season. This might be a tier that I'm completely comfortable just bypassing altogether. Calvin Ridley at 20 for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Terry McLaurin at 19, 18. Debo Samuel, 17. Amari Cooper and 16. DK Metcalf field for you who stands out. Yeah, kind of all of them to your point, Kyle, is that like, and I, I, I'm probably more in on this group than you are. I think the problem that you're like, what, like, if I were to categorize this group, totally conceivable that any of these guys could be the wide receiver one in a dominant fantasy team. But also it's possible that like, there are mitigating factors for each and every one of them, right? Like DK Metcalf was rock solid last year. Um, but like, are we guaranteeing that Geno Smith's going to have the same season? Amari Cooper's always been an up-and-down player. Debo Samuel kind of faded last year after the elite season the year before that. Terry McLaurin, quarterback question mark. Calvin Ridley, who knows? Like, we, I think we're all optimistic about what we've seen so far in training camp. But still, multiple, you know, a full year away, uh, plus like half the year before that, and the fact that Jacksonville had like a really good thing going. I keep telling people, like, if inertia prevailed in Jacksonville and they just did the exact same thing as last year – I would be super optimistic about what the offense looks like. So it might be that adding Calvin Ridley makes you unquestionably more talented. You just don't know exactly how the pieces fit up to this point. But the player that probably stands out to me the most in this group is Debo Samuel, only because like I feel like the uh, best-case scenario for Debo has probably proven itself to be the best out of any of these players. What I want from Debo this year is the first half of 2021 Debo. Not the second half when he was running like crazy and kept scoring touchdowns left and right because I know that's not sustainable. He had 80 targets in the first eight games of 2021. I want more of that because his targets with the yak, the run after catch opportunities could equal a ton of PPR points. Kyle, you and I have talked about Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk plenty, right? We've talked about that gap in ADP. And I mean, even last year, Brandon Ayuk outperforming Debo Samuel on a points per game basis. He obviously played more, so he performed better than him uh, across the entire season. But on a points per game basis as well, Brandon Ayuk outperformed Debo Samuel. What are your thoughts here and kind of reasoning for ranking Debo at 18 and Brandon Ayuk at 28? I'd rather Ayuk at ADP. Like I'm going to take some, you know, some ADP into into account when I'm doing my rankings because it's kind of irresponsible not to. You have to know when to draft these players. Just because I love Jacoby Myers doesn't mean I'm putting him at wide receiver 15. Like, right. I don't have to pick him there. But, yeah, I'm out on Debo at what he's going in ADP right now. Average touchdown run for his career is over 18 yards. Like, that stuff is just tough to bank on. He only had more than five catches a handful of times last season. I don't know if the volume's there for him to be a consistent threat weekly that I want out of a top 15 receiver. And like Field said, that's not to say he can't be. Like, we've literally seen it happen. 
We've seen him be an outlier, and maybe he's one of those outlier talents, but I just don't love the volume in this offense where I, can, I feel like I can get more upside as a receiver from a Ridley, from a McLaurin even. But yeah, I have these guys all in the tier with one guy in our uh, in our next set of players. I'm not overly excited about them. If I, I'll wait till the end of this tier and get McLaurin and Ridley, and I'll pass on the first three. All right, let's move into that next group of five here. As we're looking at 15 through 11, we got Keenan Allen, Devontae Smith, T. Higgins, Chris Olave, and Jalen Waddle. Some really, really intriguing names here in this grouping. So, Field, who stands out to you? Chris Olave, baby. He's kind of my guy this year. Uh, Saints, superstar, potential, at least in my opinion, wide receiver. Uh, A guy who last year, much like his college teammate Garrett Wilson, had a low catch percentage because of inadequate quarterback play. But the clear alpha in the Saints offense – Derek Carr, uh, say what you want about what he is uh, relative to like the elite quarterbacks in the NFL. The dude has incredible accuracy. Chris Olave might end up being my highest exposure player in all of fantasy football this season. Thoughts on Chris Olave there? Yeah, what do you think his ceiling is, Field? He was a top 25 receiver last year, only five end zone targets, and now he gets a better quarterback play. Like, I like Derek Carr in a Kirk Cousins kind of way. Like, he's more than capable of getting my wide receiver one numbers. People don't realize how much he's been stretching the field lately. And he got, I mean, look at him last year. Devontae Adams, all he did was run streaks downfield, 14 touchdowns, career high eight. Like he's he's capable of paying off this type of player. And I'm with you. Alave is that kind of special. And he's just not getting the type of hype Garrett Wilson is. Like I get that he brought in Aaron I tell Rodgers, people this. But yeah, we discussed this on our show earlier today. Quarterback play can definitely help players, right? I think role can arguably help players much more than that, right? So, like, if you are the clear-cut number one, that might be just as valuable as the quarterback upgrade. So, like, yeah. I just think that sometimes, like, um, I'm trying to think of the example that we were talking about. Oh, I think it was um, Juju Smith-Schuster, and we were, we were doing our divisional previews. So, like, you know, the idea being like, well, you know, can he be close to what he was last year because he goes from Patrick Mahomes to Mac Jones? And it's like, Patrick Mahomes is a lot better than Mac Jones, obviously, right? But if Juju has a chance to lead the Patriots in targets, he could definitely replicate what he did last year because he had Travis Kelsey impeding his progress to being a more dominant player. Like, I think the ceiling for Juju is like a, you know, wide receiver 28 outcome. But if you're looking in the, you know, 12th round for a guy that can be your third or, you know, fourth or fifth wide receiver, that's reasonable. So in the case, going back to where we started with Chris Olave, like, the fact that I think he's going to be the absolute alpha in this offense mm-hmm. with the quarterback improvement, like both of those things to me add up to a potential top 10 wide receiver season. Kyle, before we move off of this tier, as you look at these players, you know, we talked about Keenan Allen, Devontae Smith, T Higgins, Chris Olave, Jalen Waddle as the group of five here. If you go Christian McCaffrey early on, you go with the, the star running back at the top of your draft. Are you comfortable with any of these players? Is your wide receiver one on your roster? I am in part because if I go McCaffrey or Eckler at the top, I could probably get two of these guys. So, I mean, it'll be a wide receiver one to some degree, but then I've got a 1A right next to him. So I have no problem with Alave, Higgins, or Smith. Like, I get that Higgins and Smith aren't the 1As on their own team. That doesn't mean they can't be for fantasy. I mean, Smith was as good as anybody down the stretch last season. And Higgins, we know, has that potential in a Burrow-led offense. It's only going to get better with time. So I have no problem with any of these guys in my wide receiver one entering a draft. Yeah, as you look at those those secondary wide receivers, they're they're still viable wide receiver one candidates for your sure. fantasy football roster because of the offense totally. that they play yeah. in, right? The offense is being high powered enough certainly plays a role in that comfort. Let's go into that next tier here, 10 through 6, Garrett Wilson. 
of the New York Jets. A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb, Amon Ross St. Brown, Tyreek Hill. It is very hard to argue with any of these players as they are fantastic fantasy options and fantastic NFL wide receivers. But Field, who stands out to you? All of them. They all stand out to me. I love absolutely every single one of them. Uh, my top tier of wide receivers was five players. Tyree Kill was in it. Uh, Stephon Diggs, who we haven't mentioned yet, was right on the border of it. But the truth of the guys is, like, of the top ten receivers, uh, Daniel Dopp, my co-host, makes this joke often. I'm sure Kyle's heard it a million times, right? But there's there's 30 top 20 wide receivers sure. this year. And the truth is that there's 10 top five wide receivers this year. All five of these players could easily be a, a top five wide receiver, and it wouldn't surprise me at all. Like, not in the slightest. Not in the slightest. Like, we're, we're in a really special time for wide receiver talent around the NFL. All five of these guys have the goods. Maybe A.J. Brown has, like, the least obvious path to get wide receiver one standing overall just because I'm not sure his volume will be as significant as the rest of the guys. But, like, I'm on right saying Brown could have 125 catches this year. Tyree Kill could lead the NFL in touchdown catches. Garrett Wilson could make a jump from, you know, a little over 1,100 yards on 83 catches to 110 catches for 1,500 yards. Yep. None of those things would surprise me. As you look at that, let's talk about A.J. Brown, because I did look at his uh, his consensus ranking uh, over here at PFN earlier today, wide receiver nine. So you're right in line there, Soppy. But talking about A.J. Brown, like just do we have any concern with this Philadelphia Eagles offense? I don't think that we've talked at all about Shane Steichen leaving this offense and any concern about a drop off here in Philadelphia. So Soppy, any concern there with A.J. Brown or is it just simply he's too talented? Jalen Hurts showed us too much last year and we should be all systems go. Yeah, it's all systems go for me. If there's somebody in this tier I'm a little worried about, it'd be paying this price for Garrett Wilson having not seen it yet. But I think A.J. Brown, I think the floor is just high enough to justify wide receiver one status like this. I mean, 11 and a half fantasy points, seven straight games that end last season. And that was with Devonta Smith going off. Like he's, to me, it's Brown over Smith pretty convincingly as far as the one in Philadelphia goes. And I've seen enough from Jalen Hurts to convince me that his wide receiver one is a wide receiver one for me. And that's Brown. I think there's too much size, too much skill, too much talent to ignore in the floor. If you're going to give me a floor that's that high, I'll sign up every time. Field, I want to ask you that same question about A.J. Brown. Any concern with Shane Steichen leaving this offense and just a concern of drop-off? Zip, zero, nada. Uh, the Eagles showed zero tremor this offseason, having to replace both of their coordinators. Uh, Nick Sirianni sort of being a de facto offensive coordinator and the fact that Brian Johnson was picked a while ago to be the heir apparent to Shane Steichen, Shane, Shane Steichen uh, all reasons that I feel excellent about this Philadelphia offense this year. And uh, the quarterback gives you some pretty good confidence as well in Jalen Hurts. I guess just to, you know, quickly, if there is like, a, and I hate to even say anti-A.J. Brown because he's a freaking superstar, right? Um, it feels like last year was fairly close to like top 10 percentile outcome for A.J. Brown. It was an amazing season. And he had, I'm going to use air quotes, only 88 catches last year. Whereas like Amonra, Garrett, CD, Tyreek, like any of them could push for 110, 115 catches. And I wouldn't be totally surprised. I'd be a bit more surprised if A.J. Brown pushed for that 110 target, 110 catch number and maintain the same efficiency in terms of yards per catch. That would lead to like one of the great oh, seasons yeah. ever from a wide receiver.
for perspective there, A.J. Brown, 17 yards per reception last season. So if we're getting 110 catches on with 17 yards per reception, yeah. We're talking uh, about literally out. one of the best. Yep, yep, absolutely. All right, let's move into this top five here. And again, we are in the top five. Not a ton of nitpicking here, but that is Devontae Adams, yeah. Stephon Diggs, Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase, and Justin Jefferson. So field out of that group. Anyone you want to talk about? Yeah, I, again, I love them all. You know, I keep people keep asking me, are you concerned at all about Devontae Adams? Uh, with Jimmy Garoppolo and I guess no at all I mean like not really at all right because it's like I mean first of all he's got probably the best or second best chance of leading the NFL in targets this year Justin Jefferson would be the only other person who rivals him in that regard and then while there are uh, wide receivers that you've seen a significant drop-off when they play with substandard quarterbacks that is not the case here with Devontae Adams. You can call it a sample size thing. I don't necessarily think it's a sample size thing. If you go back to the year in which Brett Hundley started a bunch of games, in 13 games, Devontae Adams still had like 65 catches for 800 and some yards and 10 touchdowns. Then last year in Jared Stidham's first start ever against the best defense in the NFL, the San Francisco 49ers, Devontae went for seven catches, 153 yards, Devontae and two fans. touchdowns. Yeah. He might be the most quarterback-proof player in the entire league. So I feel great about him as wide receiver five. I think all those players in that top tier have a you know have a real chance of being QB. Excuse me, wide receiver one for the full season. Nothing would surprise me out of any of those first five. Any other follow-up there to Devonte Adams, Kyle Sapi? Yeah, I mean, we're talking to a guy that had 1,500 yards and 14 touchdowns last season. And 12 months ago, we had the same conversation. Is he quarterback proof? Yeah, totally. Is he going to be okay coming off of Aaron Rodgers? Things get better this year. Like, I don't get all the questions. The Raiders weren't better than 15th in completions, completion percentage, or passer rating last year. Like, you're telling me Jimmy G can't get that done? To me, the job of the quarterbacks to get the ball in the hands of your best playmaker. Everybody that plays quarterback at the professional level is capable of doing that. And Devontae Adams, deep, shallow, whatever, he gets open. And open people find targets. Like, that's just the way it is. Devontae Adams, top five. And he's not really being drafted as such. The disrespect is kind of invigorating. All right. Top 30 wide receiver rankings for Kyle Sapp. Gentlemen, we did that in 26 minutes. I am incredibly impressed that we ran through 30 wide receivers, gave the people some in-depth analysis here. Yeah, let's run another 30. We have... Four more minutes for you to tell me, uh, for Kyle to either Kyle Sapi to say that he doesn't miss us, or Kyle Yates to tell us his favorite Kyle Sapi story so far. Well, you're not going to get me to do the first there. I love you guys. <laughs> I watch every show. I'm still there. I talk with Daniel daily. Like nothing at ESPN will ever, you know, nothing will ever be able to replace what ESPN gave me, and that was an opportunity to learn from some of the best in the business, yourself included. It was a phenomenal Mm -hmm. opportunity, and it's just being around so many people that have such a passion and share that passion and want to talk about it and be about it and just are good humans. Like, that combination is hard to find. I worked in a restaurant for 100 years. Nothing wrong with the restaurant, not quite the same. So I loved what you guys gave me, and I hope we never lose that. Like, I wanted to talk football with you as often as humanly possible. Yates gave us the chance to do it here on or off camera. Like, I love doing it, and that's not going to change. 
Well, Hayfield, I will say that as soon as I saw the tributes for Kyle Sapi on the uh, ESPN podcast, there I was like, man, this is some this is some high uh, it's a high bar to hit, and uh, I will say he has absolutely exceeded and cleared there those expectations here. So, absolutely love having Kyle Sapi on the team here at PFN, gentlemen. This was such a fun podcast, being able for obviously you two to reconnect here and chat some football, but then also to just be able to run through some wide receiver rankings, have some good conversation, three friends getting to sit down and talk some fantasy football. What is better? All right. Remember to check out the PFN Fantasy Instagram over at PFN Fantasy. And also, if you are still watching over on YouTube, make sure to hit the like button on this video, subscribe, and click the bell to get notified for when our new content drops. All right. You ready? I'm going to try to get this correct. For Field Yates and Kyle Sapi, I'm Kyle Yates. There it is. We'll see you next time. Well done.